Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 224. Yeah, we're still here. That's it. Thanks for being here. You have a great day. That's all of this episode. It's just the, the remaining like hour and however long this thing wound up being. It's dead silence. Dead air. Oh, the occasional sound of my dog snoring. Yeah. But yes, we're back. The boys are back together for another wonderful podcast. Uh, I am Alex, of course, a.k.a. Mave Online. And I'm joined here with my two cohorts, my two podcast partners in crime, uh, Charlie, a.k.a. Mordak Undivided, and of course, Henry, a.k.a. Kraken Zero, also, a.k.a. Nomad Har. But I think I've you act- just went full Kraken Zero now, right? I've actually unified my accounts now, it's just Kraken Zero everywhere, so. Wait, so are you Kraken Zero Undivided now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> how long till you're the, uh, the, the artist formerly known as Nomad Har? Yeah, so yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I I made the decision finally to take my Twitch over to just be also be Kraken Zero. So everything I have now is under Kraken Zero. So nice. Yeah, I actually just noticed your your Discord name is actually Kraken Zero now as well. So yeah. Oh, well, cool. Strong. I hope under it was one an banner. easy migration. <laughs> yeah, I hope it was an easy migration to finally decide all that. So. Was it was it pretty easy to get everything unified, or do you have any issues with it? No, not really, because nobody else has ever tried to own that name. It's pretty original to me, as far as I can tell. Gotcha. That's what makes cool. me so angry about Mordak. There's some asshole out there on PSN with Mordak, and that makes me angry. I did find that upset. with uh, Ubisoft. I think somebody out there has Kraken Zero. I have no idea who. Mm. Uh, I tried to change my name on... Uh, that's the only account that I have that's never been able to change over for reasons unknown. Huh. Yeah. I got nothing on that one, yeah. Yeah, I don't you know. Uh, well, we are here. We've got some, uh, some fun news. Charlie has some interesting news tidbits as far as the movie industry goes, which I... It was such a noteworthy thing that I'm like, okay, it has to be a thing we have to talk about. So I, I'm kind of amazed it didn't become our preamble, honestly. But I, 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 I it, it easily could have been preamble. I feel material. like it should have been. We're now like doing preamble as part of the main podcast, which is gross and wrong. But like, I, it's, I just want to draw special attention to the fact that uh, the highest grossing movie so far, I think probably potentially ever for the rest of the year, is. Uh, the fucking Sonic movie, uh, that your, your 2020 highest grossing movie of the year, because life is a nightmare. Yeah, that's... No, life is a wonderful, awesome dream. It, just, it walks the behind me ever. like a phantom, reminding me that the last movie I saw in theaters might be Sonic the Hedgehog movie for the rest of my life. Like, I've reached a point where part of these, like, even if I can go back into a movie theater and movie theaters do return, I might not, just so, like, on my deathbed, I can be like, did you know the last movie I saw in theaters was Sonic? <laughs> I want that to be my last words. Like, my, my, my loved ones and enemies are like, what did he mean by this sentence? <laughs> Where did he bury his gold? This is obviously a treasure map. No <laughs> one would say the last movie they saw was Sonic. You had ample time to fix that, potentially. I feel like it's also one of those great marketing opportunities where they can be like, hey, from the people who bought you the, brought you the highest grossing movie in 2020. I, 
I, like, I think there's a lot of things that will come out of this, but like, I also like as someone who lives in a world where I'm forced to say Academy Award winning Suicide Squad. I also want Sonic to fucking clean up to like fully cement just how arbitrary most movie awards are. Like, yes, I, I know yeah. what uh, Suicide Squad won for, and it's still bullshit. But like. I want Sonic to do better than Suicide Squad. I hated myself less after seeing Sonic than Suicide Squad, and I actually paid for my tickets to see um, Sonic. Like, Suicide Squad, I got in for free because of some, like, promotional deal, and still was like, I I want my money back. Like, I don't know how you get, like, time back, but, like, I should be allowed to demand that from this theater. Like, I should be able to rip that time from the owner of this theater for broadcasting this movie. (laughs) <laughs> gaze into my time stone owner of Cinemark near where I used to live gaze and give me your youth <laughs> well I think one of the best things to come out of this though is that Sega wins this year technically Sega yep. dominated the movie industry this year yep <laughs> for all the shit talking you do about Sega Charlie Sega won the movie industry this year. I got year. nothing against Sega necessarily as a company. I got everything against Sonic. And it's not even Sonic. Like, I like certain Sonic games. It's the Sonic fan base I want to see unhappy for the rest of time. Like, I... <sighs> Sega has made good games. Like, I, I, I... They're the Yakuza guys. I love Yakuza. <laughs> that's just the other half of Sega where it's like, oh, yeah, we, we have cool Sega that's like, yo, we're out there doing things and we're awesome still. And then you have Sonic Team Sega that's like, we don't get why people like our franchise. Yes, you do. You just don't like why people like your franchise. We don't believe furries exist. <laughs> well, they won 2020 as far as the Academy Awards go. They haven't they yet, have to. but... They have to. Somehow. But yes. Oh, that's going to be great. Yeah. Um, well, Charlie, I guess... It's published are... by Sega, now that I've said that out loud, right? I want to give misinformation and credit to Sega, where they're not... Who's a publisher? That might be a Capcom thing, but I'm pretty sure it's... No, it's Sega. Yeah, that's why I thought, like, yeah, I, I, I... If you want to get real into, like, Charlie doesn't hate Sega that much, like, the um, Lost Planet games, 1 and 2, I thought were cool games, like, Lost Planet 2 is a real dumb game, but also, like, I still think it's a cool game. Like, the, the, this mech grappling hooks, like, that's the thing I'm inherently into. Like, I I know I talk a lot of shit about Sega, and that's modern Sega. Like, the Sega of my youth that I grew up through and stuff like that, those were cool. Now I have to make sure that Lost Planet was a Sega thing and not a Capcom thing. Fuck, I'm... I, that's I'm Capcom, I think. What is yeah, it? that's Capcom. Lost Planet... Is Capcom. series is Capcom. Ah, goddammit. Yep. Developers, Spark Unlimited and Capcom. Maybe fuck Sega then, I don't know. <laughs> no, if they did Bayonetta. Like, I, I fucking love Bayonetta. Sega's Bayonetta? Yes. Yep. Proving they can make occasionally good video games. And then they make out, like, fucking that Sonic character creator game. We all go, but why? And they go, because furries that we don't believe exist and refuse to cater for. And then we also go, but why? Yeah, I I I mean, the Total War series, also Sega. I mean, there's actually a lot of good Sega products. And the Yakuza series, I mean, 
which is still, I mean, there's new stuff going out. Yakuza, that keeping that studio going forever. <laughs> don't mess with Yakuza, both literally <laughs> and video game-wise. There's also, um... Huh. I forgot what I was going to say, but it was related to Sega. I can't recall it all of a sudden. I literally just lost my train of thought. Yeah. Mid-sentence. <sighs> I don't know what to say now. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I guess, well, then Charlie started talking about his week. Uh, yeah, I didn't do much. <laughs> like, I, I played some video games, but like all stuff we've talked about in the past. Um, uh, one of our listener mails we'll get to later on gave me a dark realization of my future that I'm not a fan of. And yeah, you're, to answer your question early, but we'll get to it in real. No, I didn't know that. And I'm fucked because of that. But yeah, I, it's... <laughs> Some new cyberpunk news came out, like just like I think it's IGN's doing a really good job of doing like supplemental. Hey, here's the weird history of cyberpunk, and that's been really fun to follow, just because it's like, oh yeah, really hope that's not in the cyberpunk video game because as fun as ideas the bozos were back when I was doing the tabletop RPG version of it, they have not aged well. That's that's a weird concept. We can just leave the fuck behind. I think. Mm. Uh, for those curious, Cyberpunk canonically has a street gang that, like, while Cyberpunk very much heavily leans on the cybernetics and, like, what you think of as traditional Cyberpunk, it also had, like, a whole bio-sculpting, especially, I think it was the second ex- the, the, the second version. I'm, I'm blanking on what I think it was, like, Cyberpunk 2030 or something? I don't remember what it was, but, like, where it got big into, like, the green, uh, what was it, paper flu or something like that. Like, it, it, it basically kind of got into the idea of, like, biohacking more than necessarily, like, full cyber augmentations. So one of the gangs that came out of that were people that, like, bio-sculpted themselves to perpetually look like clowns with giant feet and stuff. And it was just like, yeah, this is in-universe now, and it's dumb, and we get why it's here, but it's still dumb. On one hand, it'd be cool to see that. On the other hand, I'm good. doesn't need to be a thing. But uh, probably the, the the best story I have from my week is, uh, so actually the day after we put up the last podcast or the day we put up it on, I, time is an illusion, whatever, whatever. It was my one-year anniversary with me and my wife. Oh. We celebrate our anniversary, right. I guess, yeah. Is it like a like your hate date thing? Or- no, no, this was our actual wedding anniversary. Our hate date happens... On basically the opposite end of the seasonal spectrum. Okay. Yeah, the wedding you two were in attendance, and the anniversary of ha- yes. the anniversary happened. Uh, yes. But so we chose to get food from the place of our first date, and doing so required some weird hoop jumping that ultimately led to me waiting outside a residency I have no affiliation with to receive a delivery of food because we were outside their radius. So uh, the guy pulls up. He's like, the instructions are real weird. It says call. Don't go to the house address. And it's like, yeah, no. Why? You're delivering to a car. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's it's the black Subaru. Is this a drug deal? No. Leave the food on the ground and walk away. <laughs> I'm just a grub up guy, man. I know. But yeah, that's how I choose to set that to celebrate my anniversary, making it weird for Grubhub delivery people. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I, we have our moments. Yeah, I, it's 
it's been a weird week. Like I'm, I'm kind of in a holding pattern with certain games. I'm not sure I played much of anything. Like I looked at Destiny. I'm like, eh, I don't need to play that right now. I, it's, I'm sure there's stuff I should be working on in my backlog. Like I'm gearing up to maybe help a friend get into Elite Dangerous. So I've re-outfitted one of my ships for like, yeah, let's go do some mining. And by that I mean you're gonna collect a bunch of shit while I power mine for you, and then we're gonna make you enough money to buy a really good ship, right off the bat. Let's do some wing mining, bitches. But yeah, it's that's whatever. What have you two been up to? Um, well, I mean, I've pretty much just been playing well. I'm just counting down the days since pre patch hit. Work How does that actually... work? Like. I, do we have an official day for the pre-patch, or is it kind of like waiting for the dough where it may out. never happen? No, pre-patch has already happened. Oh, fair enough. The actual expansion release is another thing. So, um, yeah, right now I've just been kind of watching or playing some of the stuff and reading some more on Shadowlands. I've been playing the beta for a while now, so I dabble in the beta. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much that's it. And that and supplementing it between Overwatch with some friends and... Playing Spellbreak, which is something else I've been playing recently, which is kind of fun. I, I played that a couple played times. That was cool. Like, I've, I've, have you gotten like into that thing? A little bit, not too much, but just kind of in between stuff. Um, I did actually stream this weekend, which was kind of cool. Um, I finished piecing together my UI again and my actual like overlays for streaming and everything like that. Nice. So, yeah, actually, Henry, I, we were talking about earlier, but Henry popped in. Yeah, so that was kind of neat. But uh hope the quality and everything was okay. I didn't get a chance to ask, but Yeah, no, yeah, it looked fine. Yeah, everything looked fine. Cool. Yeah. So, um yeah, other than that, like we said, I've just been kinda it's just kind of this weird limbo state before anything actually happens with WoW at the moment, because we're in that pre patch situation. So um there's that. As far as real life goes, I, uh, I'm coordinating some stuff with coworkers, saying we're probably going to go to the movie theater, but we're going to do that one thing where you can rent out the whole thing for yourselves. What are you going to see? I don't know yet. They give you a list of movies you can watch. I, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the deal, but so they put out this thing a while ago. The AMC is letting you rent out an entire movie theater for you and up to, for you up to 20 people. So it's completely you, like you and your party. So it's not anybody sure. else. So hypothetically, I could rent out the theater for myself and watch a movie all by myself. That being said, I don't feel like spending $100 to watch a movie by myself. Well, so Although, let me ask the question. Because mm-hmm. I have done this, and it was really cool. Could you just rent it out and like plug an Xbox into the projector system? Because that's a thing you can do. I'm curious if we can do that. I haven't asked if we can do that. But I'm very intrigued by this. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Just to set up Smash Brothers like, on a giant well, like screen. Fall Guys on a giant movie screen sized TV could be really cool. This is true, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I am, uh, I figured we need a little morale boost at work with all the stuff that's been going on. And so we're coordinating that. And, uh, yeah, I want to, uh, they have some pretty interesting movies for selection. Like we have, uh, let's see. I'm actually going to pull up the list real quick. So some of the movies I saw in there was like the 40th, 40th anniversary edition of Empire Strikes Back. They have Tenet. They have, I think Sonic is actually on the list. Um, and Jurassic Park. Um, and then you have like Shrek, 
which somehow AMC had it, a digital copy available for you to watch for their movie theater. So if I want to go watch Shrek and boost their numbers uh, for this year's uh, movie taken, I can Shrek, Shrek number two spot of most uh, highest grossing movies. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not even movie theaters. It's just one guy keeps watching it over and over and over. It's like, sir, we have other movies. And he just yells, again. I paid money for this movie theater for the next month. I demand to see Shrek 24-7. Right. And then they drag me out of the theater, and I'm, like, crying. And it's like, it's all ogre now. So once again, I'd like to announce that Alex has been fired <laughs> from the Wicked Awesome cast for that pod. That, that, that was, once again, a step too far. Um... It's all ogre now. Uh, we'll, we'll be finding his replacement. Please send your applications to wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Subject, I promise not to make ogre jokes in context of Shrek on the podcast. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Uh, reasons that we will not accept your application, you quote all stars in the text message, uh, in the email message, at any point. <laughs> or anything by, what, that Smash Mouth? Like, they're also in that movie? Yeah, that's the one song, so. Yes. Um, other than that, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it for me right now. Nothing very, very boring life for me right now. Which I, I kind of like. So. It is weird how you come to, like, appreciate, like, a lot. It's like, normally you'd be like, oh, man, nothing's going on right now. But now you're like, nothing's going on right now. It's amazing. <laughs> nothing's going on. It's just fine with me. Yeah. So. Yep. What about you, Henry? Well, haven't really been up to anything terribly new, to be honest. Uh, More on the old. Still watching Gintama. I'm just now breaking into the third season. It's at episode 100 out of about 350, so got a long ways to go there, so that's going to keep me entertained for some time now. Mm. I watch, though I watched the episode, uh, episode 98, and the entire episode is just kind of... I thought it was kind of pretty good because it was basically making fun of sort of consoles and people going nuts over consoles and they even threw in a joke about Shenmue ha- 3 having been on hiatus for you know forever basically until it finally came out uh but yeah I'm still playing some Destiny 2 I Season of the Lost is or the I mean or whatever festival. sorry Festival of the Lost is pretty good and I enjoy it, and it's actually kind of fun to just have thousands of pieces of candy, virtual candy, that is. It is the closest you'll get to trick-or-treating this year, probably. Yeah, that super sucks. <laughs> Though, I, I don't go trick-or-treating, but I usually give out candy. But yeah, I uh, I also logged into Terra for the first time in a long time, just so I could use up the last of my in-game currency before they move over to a new uh, new publisher. Mm. Uh, so that will be on November 12th. The servers will be offline like on the 10th. And then GameForge will be taking over on the 12th. So I've already moved my account over. So but yeah, it will definitely be interesting to see how well that 
transfer happens, what's going to happen? How I guess they're just going to copy the contents of the servers or something. I'm not quite sure what's going to go. How how that going to work out? I guess we'll see. But definitely, there'll probably be some weird moving issues. Yeah, I guess like in my mind, the idea of transferring servers is like that doesn't seem impossible for a game like that because you're still just directing via client to destination, right? Like, I know it's more complicated than kind of cutting and pasting, but like, server tech is server tech at the end of the day, kind of. Uh, big on the kinda. Yeah, I know it's not quite as that straightforward. That's yeah, no, there's that's it's. I I'm kind of flabbergasted that they feel like they can do it in two days or three days. I'm not, I'll, I'll have to see that to believe it because that's, that's a lot of stuff and a lot of account stuff to, you know, to see, you know, I'm interested to see what will happen when I log in. If I'll have all my stuff, that's going to be one thing. And if they, my accounts got linked properly in the first place. So I guess I'll see on that, but yeah, I, yeah, I mean, outside of that, I mean, I've played some Fistful of Frags, just a little bit of that, and still still practicing a bit with the arcade stick that I picked up, but i still kind of getting used to it again. It's, it's a different feel, definitely a very different feel, because most of the time I'm using either just a, well, a PS3 controller is what I'm using now, and a and just keyboard well keyboard and mouse or mouse with my left hand control that I a Nostromo N fifty two that I've had for like decades now and still works perfectly. And I use it for all of my FPS games. But yeah, then now the the fight stick is there again, a very, very different animal. I don't know if either of you two ever played much arcade games or have a fight stick? I had a fight stick a while ago. Yeah, I have one in my garage too. Just don't use it much these days. But yeah, I generally only bring it out for fighting games, really, to be honest. Mm. Because it works, I think it works really well. Once you get the feel of it. But it does take a while to get the feel of it. Definitely. Otherwise, you end up not being able to do a lot of moves. I mean, I guess it's like anything. You just have to get used to it with a little bit of practice. Yeah. But I'm not willing to put in that much practice, so it will go a bit slower. But, yeah, that's... uh, that's Yeah, I haven't really been up to that much new stuff. I mean, there's some games I'm going to... that I picked up. Uh, I, some games came on for free for Epic. I have a lot of Epic games now that I haven't even played yet. In I'm not Barbie trying to put any of the free games they've given out, really. It's like, yeah, it's like, yep, I'm just collecting yeah. at this point. Yeah, I've I've played a few of them on and off. One of them, I, I think I may end up playing this week, because I plan on actually streaming this week. Ooh. I I plan on trying to stream every day this week, as a matter of fact, for kind of Halloween streams. So I'm going to pick all spooky games, and there's a few games on my Epic account that I may end up playing, but mostly it'll probably be, like, 
either older console games or Steam games, I'm going to say. Maybe, yeah, I don't know, maybe something off of my good old games account as well, which I have, yeah, I have a few games there that might suit, might be suitable. But I guess, yeah, but yeah, I haven't really, I, yeah, I guess also, like, kind of switching over my Twitch account, that was kind of a big deal. Finally changing yeah. my username, so, and kind of yeah. popping into people's streams and saying, hey, I, this is what I'm using now, but. Some of them already knew, just because, like, there again, like, that's my name on Steam. Guess it's time on... to shut down my imposter Henry thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, I switched over my Steam a long time ago, and all my social media accounts, so, I mean, yeah, but, yeah, I guess, yeah, I haven't really gotten into any new games, there again, because I'm still kind of video card-less, but... Yeah, I yeah, I'll do. I'll I may be buying one soon and it will probably probably be like a sixteen fifty or some one of those. One in that family. Because those seals seem to be sort of the very reasonably priced cards that could still run most modern games. But anyway, yeah, that's that's pretty much all for me. I haven't even watched anything yeah. like so, anything other than I started Doom watching Tama. the show uh, Project Blue Book, and I'm enjoying that, but also I'm deep into conspiracy loving mode, courtesy of Delta Green right now. So, I'm not trying to recommend the show, but I'm definitely enjoying it. Into that weirdness, yeah. It is spooky season. It doesn't feel like spooky season. It's because this whole year has been a spooky season. Yeah. yeah. I found myself in a lot of conversations with people about whether or not the Amnesia games are good. I think they're extremely good. I think parts of them are good. I think it's uh, the conversation I've had with a couple people is like they're super popular on Twitch. They must be good, and I'm always like, yes. And Five Nights at Freddy's is also continuously popular on Twitch. Five Nights at Freddy's a good game? Yeah, I'd say Five Nights at Freddy's is a good game. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I think it relies on cheap jump scares too much but it's a it's well I, I a lot of the stress comes from the spinning plates thing if you know what i mean yeah it's... having to juggle multiple things at the same time that's where like the that's where they mix in the stress with the fear factor and i think and i think that's kind of interesting no, i guess the game uh, has as... no stress to me we're just it's like yep it's a thing you get in your loop but also like it's the same loop where it's like, you just kind of turn part of your brain off and you do the loop over and over and over and over and over and occasionally the loop breaks and you have to improvise a little bit, but it's not stressful, it's just my day job at that point. And, yeah, yeah but I do think Amnesia series are very good. Like Machine for Pigs is also very good. I think, yeah, yeah, I, I like the limited mechanics I think the mechanics are kind of interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I Again, my issue is they rely kind of too much on jump scare for me, I guess. Where it's like, yes, you got me with the jump scare. Congratulations. Amnesia really isn't about jump scare. It's really... I feels more about sort of a looming presence. Just you're continually just sort of being chased. Yeah, and I guess it's not scary until the thing pops out in you in my book, where it's like, yes, it's atmospheric, I guess. I 
Machine for Pigs is also a lot better than the original one was too. But I don't know. I think for me, atmosphere is everything. That's why I think the Layers of Fear game games are good. Yeah. I have not played the second one. I no, I'm not saying this. Not I, they're not trying to attempt. I think that like the original Amnesia was kind of whatever. The new one seems to have one really good part, and the rest of it's kind of meh. But also that new that that one really good part does look like it's really goddamn good. But yeah, the yeah I I don't know. I think when it comes to if a game's you know just being popular, does that mean it's good? To a lot of people, obviously, yes. I think it comes down to, you know, yeah, sure, you could have your personal preference on, do you think it's good? But that's, but don't mistake that for being an objective fact. Yeah, it's it's more been the conversation about using Twitch as a measure of a game's validity, where I'm like, just because it's popular does not mean it's good. Like, I fucking play Elite Dangerous. But no I mean, one's that saying also, that game is good based on its that, popularity. But I mean, like, the pop popularity to them it means it's they it's good to a lot of people like i said it and if you don't think it's good like if you don't think fortnite is good that's also your opinion oh yeah that's no it's, it's more the fact, fact that it's like have you played this game no but it's popular on twitch so it must be good that's not a that's not necessarily a real metric but it's a metric of do a lot of people enjoy this game? I think basing whether or not something's good on whether or not a bunch of streamers can react to it well as a good measure is a dangerous path to go down. I don't know necessarily about reacting to it, but I'm just saying if lots of people are playing it, then obviously people are finding a lot of fun in it. I don't actually think that streaming and having fun has anything to do with each other at the end of the day. I think it has to do with how effectively you can create content off of it versus how effectively you can get people to kind of tune in for it. But yeah, but also like I don't watch lots of streams at this point because it's just kind of like, yep, it's yep. Most of the well, I mean, I don't watch kind of the most popular streamers. Generally speaking, I watch a lot of like the probably the most famous streamers I watch is like somebody that. Probably you still wouldn't know who it is, except he he did come up in a, in one of the That's articles one week. Um, but yeah, uh, Macaw, Macaw, who's an Australian fellow who plays a lot of obscure games, extremely obscure games. Like it has a ridiculous collection of them, like a actual physical collection of games yeah. from many different countries. But it's like. That's as popular as it gets, but he's also pretty good at games. Like, the guy can 1cc a lot of arcade games. So, I mean... Yeah. That's enough good. hipstering like, for now, though. I think we should probably actually get back to our podcast and not just us being like, but other things are bad, or are they? Yeah. Alex is so, sitting there like these fucking old-ass people. <laughs> playing what the young people like. News? Yeah, I think it's time for news. Alright, news! Ah, because we're kind of talking about Twitch, let's talk about the DMC that just got hit, that kind of erupted across Twitch right now, and how that's had an interesting blowback in the gaming industry. Uh, The DMC uh, claim is not a huge... It's a huge thing to certain people, but it's not necessarily unsurprising, given the kind of lawless approach that a lot of people have taken on that platform. 
what is kind of more of what we talk about is how a variety of one game dev in particular working for a uh, Google Stadia company, so like temper that with how tapped into reality you think they may or may not be, got out there and kind of reignited the age-old argument of should streamers be paying game devs for streaming their games, which I think we've all been kind of like, that's as fucking stupid sentence as possible, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the 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 crazy thing is, there's yeah, and I guess we can get into this. Is the of course typically Twitch being Twitch, just did the most ham-fisted way of doing it possible, and I'd say absolutely incorrect. Oh yeah, no, the DMCA approach. Like, say what you will about how YouTube chooses to go about their process. It at least gives you enough information that you can at least correct and or maybe like fix the problem, at least definitely not do it again in the future. Or file a counterclaim yeah. and saying that no, actually this isn't. So Twitch just they just deleted they just deleted videos, just deleted lots of VODs. They deleted videos and said and then with the message saying, We are not giving you the option to file a counter notification or seek a retraction for the rights holder, which by the way that also breaks the DMCA. So, yeah, DMCA but actually it requires might that you not give... break um, Twitch user agreements. Like, it's very possible in this case that it supersedes that user agreement at that point. Like, and to kind of put my real cynical hat on for a second, like I suspect a lot of this was a lot of people are not quite as litigious as we choose to be about you know not having copywritten music in your background, like. I've watched a lot of stuff with people are you having music in their stuff or just I'm sitting there going, there's no way in hell you could legally be doing this actually. Yeah, uh, to be honest, like, the DMCA actually holds precedence over Twitch's... Does it? Whatever. Yes! It's law! Well, like what I'm Twitch's, saying... What I'm saying Twitch's is it fucking out- personal rules don't trump... Actual U.S. Well, law. Well, what I'm saying, though, is, like, do you actually own the stuff stored on Twitch? And if the answer is no, then Twitch is totally within their right of being like, yeah, this violates, we're deleting it. Like, I, I'm i not saying it's right. I'm just saying, like, they're doing the correct thing, which is disposing of the copyright infringing material. No, they don't own the content, because the content, they, they can't own the content. They own the rights to publish your content, but they don't own your content. Otherwise, like anything, like it, let's say you went on a music stream, like on their music, under their music category, and wrote your own songs, which is what a lot of people are doing. They're showing their writing or production process on stream. It would mean that Twitch would own those songs, and no, they don't. So, yeah. no. I mean, it's part it, of the it, reason, like, when Ninja separated, you didn't see them using Ninja to primarily advertise their actual site and stuff like that. Like, they because don't own he owns Ninja's his, content. He owns his, the rights to his likenesses and his content. Yeah. But yeah, no, Twitch well, can't do this. I guess Twitch owns the publishing rights to it. Yeah, that's yeah. what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I'm saying like, they, they, they have said. partial ownership in what you make, though, too, based on what I'm quickly reading. Uh, not really. They have rights to publish your likeness as long as, like, to a certain extent, for certain reasons, but that doesn't mean they own your content. I mean, in a certain sense, yeah, sure, I guess they, to a certain extent, they can do whatever they want, 
But the EMCA actually requires you to 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 be able to file counterclaims. Yeah. And if you can't, that's actually breaking the DMCA. So by Twitch just being absolutely stupid, they're actually uh uh they're actually going to hurt themselves. Well, that actually hurt them or hurt the creators hypothetically because uh, well, they could be hit by the DMCA for not allowing for basically not allowing what's allowed by law that is challenging DMCA DMCA takedowns. I mean, hypothetically based off of that, you could have a class action lawsuit between all the top streamers because they didn't get their chance to file like counterclaim. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Again, also just for disclaimer, none of us here as far as I know law professionals no, this is all yeah. just hypotheticals as far as like we're going through it but my understanding is if DMCA requires you to allow a counterclaim could you not technically as streamers band together for a class action lawsuit against Twitch as far as that goes if you really wanted to although that kind of situation puts you in a spot where Twitch could just well, say okay well we're just taking your channel down this ultimately goes back to my original comment of I do not know the legalese that is the Twitch user agreement at the end of the day. I have a general gist of it, but I suspect that they own more than people think they do at the end of the day, but also yeah, I copyright is such a weird thing at this point too, because of all the digital rights stuff that it gets strange, but like, I'm not saying Twitch well, handled this well at but any the, the problem is, there's a lot of false uh, a lot of false positives. Shit tons of false positives. Oh my god, false positives all the time yeah. on all platforms that try to do this. But Twitch just said, "We don't care if it's a false positive or not. We're just going to ban. We're just going to delete that content too." And that's where it comes into, uh, you know, they they're treading on some, I think, territory that could actually get them sued by content creators. Because guess what, content creators, there's some out there now. That have some serious money. But they behind don't have them. Amazon money behind them. But I wouldn't want to go to court against them. I, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, uh, no matter, uh, lawyers only get so good. I, and I, I don't. And if you're Twitch, if you're Twitch, you type of money. If and if you're Twitch, I don't think I'd want to run into say Ninja. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to mess with. I, well, that's the thing. It's like is if back some on th- Twitch, can't remember. Uh, uh yeah, yes. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to like say, have him say, "I'm I'm just going to go YouTube only." I I would argue that's what he did, and he's now back. Like it's I, I I I personally don't think Ninja's position is as strong as you're giving it credit for right now. Like I think that's. I think that whole saga of what was that thing called? Uh, Mixer to Mixer. YouTube back to Twitch. And that kind of proved exactly, arguably, how insignificant the average streamer is, and regardless of size, to actually how Twitch works. <laughs> but but I, mean, I think you a, have a like... class action suit of a lot of these people. A, I don't think Twitch wants to get rid of people making them a lot of money. Sure, yeah. But I think also Twitch has managed to crunch the numbers enough that they're they're putting ads before everything at this point. They're not losing money regardless of size. Like, 
if the eyeballs are spread out more across the entire platform, that's one thing at that point. Like, I think it's, I, as much as it sucks, I think they've managed to kind of prove that, like, it's not so much about retaining an audience, it's about retaining the same number of users, and that's what actually drives the numbers. Like, the the big people just help kind of, kind of consolidate in one location as opposed to having it just kind of across the board at that point. And I also have no idea at this point, too, like, is Ninja actually the one making Twitch the most money? Uh, probably, yeah. He's still one of their highest, like, consistent streams. Uh, yeah, but I also have no yes. idea how they how they kind of monetize money. Like, there's other categories that we three don't care about that I've gotten the impression are arguably bigger and, like, for the amount of effort put in, the amount of kind of time they spend, more lucrative. For Twitch? Yeah. Like, they make most of their money off of the ads. Yeah. But you only get ad buys because the ad, just like TV, because the ad people see people like Ninja and they're like, hey, my commercials will be on Ninja's stream. But they're also, but you're buying also. That's where you get, that's, but I think that's where you get the ad buys. You're not selling it, you're you're not saying it's going to be on Ninja's stream, you're selling it's going to be on X number of streams, some of which might be Ninja's kind of thing. Like it's. Yeah, pure, no, but what I'm saying is, it doesn't matter whose stream it is on that point, as so long as you're guaranteeing it's on that many eyeballs. It doesn't really matter who, where you're watching it, as so long as it gets to your eyeballs at that point. So, hypothetically, there's an argument to be made that the more small streams you have, potentially, the better your advertising numbers are because it's no longer consolidated to one location, and you avoid kind of the situation of having your content advertised by kind of sheer force of averaging numbers in front of a streamer that maybe you don't want to be linked to. Like, I, it's that's just pure of kind of me guessing at that point. I, I do not know how Twitch's business model works, if indeed it actually does actually work, even. Yeah, I just think that the way Twitch is doing it is completely stupid and ham-fisted. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and uh, I think eventually they're just going to kill Twitch. I think they're going to just... It's a series. They've just made a series of very baffling moves that are ruining any goodwill they might have had with the community. A couple of years ago, I'd have agreed with you, but I think like YouTube has demonstrated that so long as you are the biggest option for what you do out there, it's very hard to actually get that bad press to really negatively impact how people engage with you. Like, like as much as Facebook gaming wants to be a thing. Facebook gaming should have become a thing by now, but it hasn't. Like, by the sheer number of people on Facebook alone, it should have taken off more, and it's being stopped because it's not YouTube or Twitch. Like, fucking Mixler should have been a thing. Like, it had Xbox, it had Microsoft behind it, and it just couldn't do it for whatever reason. Like, its technology was better than Twitch. Yeah, I think, yeah, uh, it's just... DMC, I still feel like, is one of the worst laws ever passed in this country in the current in the in the past a hundred years. Yeah, I'll say that. Oh, I think it's... it's literally one of the worst laws passed in the past century. It's a terrible, terrible law, and it shouldn't even exist. I suspect there are worse ones, but in the kind of context of what we do, it's definitely a problem. Yeah. No, I just think that it's it only. It only serves music industry. It does not help the artists. 
despite the what they say about it, it doesn't help artists. And it's used, like, on YouTube, people just full-file DMCA requests against anything they don't like. So, I mean, it's abused heavily. Yeah, it's... So. I'm not defending DMCA. I'm just saying that it's... Decide with the shitty Google employee for a second. Like, the argument of, yeah, people playing fast and loose with kind of Twitch for a long time, it's a valid complaint. Like, we work hard to make sure that all the music we're using is either licensed appropriately or our own, and that cannot be said for a lot of creators out there that have not spent a lot of time looking at, okay, what the fuck can we actually use? But I'd also argue Twitch and YouTube and other streaming platforms do not do a good job of flat out saying, don't do this, it's illegal. Like this whole bullshit, you can use 10 seconds of music without getting in trouble, that's not a thing. It is, but it's not a thing you should back on. But yeah, I mean, it's going to get like I guess nobody's ever going to be able to stream a uh, uh, GTA ever again. I have heard the explanation that so long as it's inside of a video game, that license get like supersedes the other license. That's not that's not how they detect. I don't stuff. think it. Yeah, I think I think that's why the detection doesn't see it that way, and that thing. The goes detection looks at the the audio, not the video. So, no, I'm no, but, just saying that that's that's already happened, by the way. But what you're touching yeah. on, too, is the exact reason that my brain's just like, no, if you're playing GTA, you have to turn the radio off. Like, that's just, like, that's just a common sense move. Maybe it shouldn't work that way, but, like, I learned the hardware with Brutal Legend. Like, that game is awesome, the music is fantastic, but, like, no. Like, that's It's like, yeah, no, the point of that game is the background music, and you do not have the rights to use that background music, even if it is technically part of the license of the game, that's a very murky zone at that point that no algorithm's taking into account the distinction on. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I could also make the argument of you are kind of relicensing the music in a way that was not part of the original license at that point either. Because licensing is fun and a nightmare. Honestly, less controversial and kind of weirdly lawyer litigious. Sure. They're making a Pac-Man Battle Royale. What? They're making a Pac-Man Battle Royale. Oh, no, I heard. I just... The absurdity of the idea that there's a Pac-Man Battle Royale... Oh, it Royale gets worse, my... Alex. It, it already kind of exists. If you've ever played the, uh... The one in the arcades... Which yes. Which is a Pac- Pac-Man Battle Royale, actually called Pac-Man Battle Royale, a four-player game, which... It's huh. actually an arcade near me. I've played it a few times, actually. It's kind of fun. Four-player competitive. Well, so uh, Pac-Man Mega Tunnel Battle will be releasing first on Stadia. Remember Stadia? Mm. Stadia's been out for a year now, hasn't it? <sighs> Pretty close, Not, I think. Yeah. yeah, very close. Huh. Yeah, to Henry's point, actually, they make a distinction to say, not confuse this with Pac-Man Battle Royale, this is its own thing that is definitely Pac-Man and on Stadia, and yeah. Fuck it, Battle Royale's out of everything. Come on, Pokemon Battle Royale. Oh, we have Mario Battle Royale. 
which yeah. actually looks pretty cool. I've seen a few people streaming it. I've heard things. If you're into Mario, I get the impression it's pretty okay. Yeah. And if you're good at Mario, which the people I watch, as I mentioned, are generally really good at video games. So what and it... so take they get first an awful lot. Yeah. So what I like about this is that it looks like it's just technically one giant Pac-Man board, and I think that's actually kind of badass. Yeah, it's 64 different boards connected together. Yeah. There's some, like, lockouts and stuff. I kind of love the fact it's just a giant fuck-off Pac-Man board, and that makes me happy. But I digress. Yeah, fuck it. Go check out Pac-Man Battle Royale. I think it's out by now. At least there's a demo out by now if you're on Stadia and you're curious. I think Stadia emailed me about this a couple of days ago. Man, getting fucking emails from Stadia being like, don't miss out on these demos or these free games is fucking weird. (laughs) I must have turned my mail off from them. Hmm? I must have turned my mail off from them because I don't really get anything. I probably turned it on and forgot it was on, but I kind of like, I laugh at it now where it's like, don't miss out. And I'm like, I ain't missing you at all, bitch. I've moved on. I have other other cloud-based systems I play with now. Hmm. That other Megacorp, Amazon, they're making something. I'll probably buy their weird transparent controller for eventually. Speaking of which... Yeah, let's talk about Luna for a second. Um, That early access is now open, so... Yeah, I'll probably check that out by next week if I can get in. It continues to apparently be exactly what you expect from a big corporate online streaming service of video games. So there is a free trial for it. Yeah. For at least for the Luna Plus game channel, which is the only thing that's going to be offering games right now. There's no individual games that are that will be available during early access. You could also buy Luna Controller, which I'm guessing which I like I said before, it just works like the Yeah, it just works like the Stadia controller where it's a Wi Fi, weird Wi Fi thing. I'm still trying to figure out the justification of why they're doing that. Like, I... They're just copying what Google did. Yeah, which that worked out great for Google. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Stadia is secretly killing it in the background. I don't think it is, but... Or maybe it costs almost nothing to have Stadia running because they're just putting... A... No one's actively developing new stuff for it, really. The occasional stuff is kind of small... Maybe not indie scale, but kind of like the probably the same size dev team, so it's not like they're spending a ton of money on Stadia. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's a thing you can do. Yep. Amazon at least has game studios going. Admittedly, there are not a ton of them. Like, maybe Crucible's coming to Luna, ultimately. Yeah. Uh, probably not. Probably not, but... Well... You heard they canceled it altogether, we right? We talked about that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Probably never coming back. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we're just going to quietly not talk about Crucible anymore. No, it's coming back as a Luna exclusive. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, where to from here? Um, yeah, I guess to wrap up, you can go join early access of... Or we're in early access of the Luna system. I have not a ton of details yet. It weirdly seems like potentially a better deal than Stadia is, at least, on paper. I'm not sure it's any better, but at least the buy-in price seems a little less off-putting. Yeah, but that's Still, uh, same questions for, St- for Luna that I had for Stadia. Why do you exist? 
Yeah, I think that's the perpetual question at that point, though, too. Like, it's... Like, NVIDIA GeForce, the undeniable best of them, still... Is that called GeForce? GeForce Go. GeForce Go, yeah. Now. Sorry, GeForce Now. Like, that's the best one. It's still not totally clear to me why it exists. Well, I mean, for that one, it's free access to the games you already own on anything that can support streaming, which includes, you know, like a weak Chromebook or... No, 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 I... Yes. You know, I... Or, or my, you know, my, my cell phone, you know, my mobile phone, you know? Yeah. So... No, I... Intellectually, I get it. It's more kind of from a application standpoint, given people's reactions to that thing. It's a question mark. But moving on from that, I guess. Um, where to go from here? Let's talk about other dumb ideas in technology. Uh, we got our first real competitor to the PS5. It's the Atari VCS, mm-hmm. which I know we've talked about on this podcast before because we find <laughs> this idea just absolutely hilarious at this point. Uh, if you're not clear what the Atari VCS is, it started life off as kind of a... um. God, what was that Android-based system Alex called? Uh, Ouya? The Ouya. It started off kind of like an Ouya-style thing, where it's now kind of technically a gaming PC and a very Atari-stylized, wood-grain-paneled thing that comes with an Atari controller and a Xbox controller with one obnoxious orange joystick on it, which I kind of love, but also think looks stupid as fuck. Um... Yeah, it's not really clear who this is for, but it's coming out this November. Um, It is another video game console that you could hypothetically spend money on if that's something you so wish to do. Uh, It's what games does it even have on it? I don't see anything for game listing at all. It's It's tons of Atari retro games, but also says current titles from a range of studios. Like what? Like, the thing that trips me out is I see the retro games on some of the ad stuff, but it has an AMD Ryzen CPU, an AMD Radeon GPU, it's got 8 gigs of RAM that you can expand, and you can do 4K game. What the fuck is this retro console with, like, what? Sure, I'll play Centipede in 4K. I keep thinking it's the last attempt for a Steambox, personally. But I it look, it has Steambox. I mean, if you go further down when they talk about it, it uses a Linux OS. It comes pre-installed with tons of classic Atari games. Uh, yeah, in addition, it has a custom storefront. You to download digital video games. Uh, but yeah, you could also sideload Windows if you wanted to on it, which is yeah. interesting for a console. Huh? Well, at this point, it's just a a less useful computer, which is the way I feel like about a lot of modern consoles. They're just a less useful computers. I just spend mad. I'm just spending time mad that this thing's almost four hundred dollars. Yeah, and it has the option where it's like it comes in walnut, onyx, or some weird bullshit gold yellow color. I'm like, no, it should only come in walnut. That's the only yeah. color available for this. <laughs> This, this whole thing is just confusing. It's got to be available yeah. at GameStop and Walmart soon, so... I mean... <sighs> who's going to buy this? I... This is yet another case of... Who's going to buy this? 
I, I might like because I want to own this, but yeah, even I'm like, but why? I feel like this is one of those things where, like, if you took off the outside shell, kind of like how you take off the the hood from a villain in Scooby Doo, and somehow Soldier Boy is involved in this. I, so we have definitely talked about this thing in the past, hence why it's made its uh, return in this Hold instance. On, yeah, this is a thing I've we've seen, talked about. I'm looking at a picture of the the classic joystick that comes with it. There's a there's an opening on it. it looks like it looks like a disk drive. On the actual, I don't think anything joystick? actually goes in it though. But I can't really tell. I, You're absolutely right. It's, well, it's got Bluetooth, so I'm guessing maybe it's what a is, charging port. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. From the from the angle that I see it on on their website, it it looks an awful lot like a disk drive, but I'm guessing it's not. But it, it would be quite awesome if it was. I, I think the most weird. damning thing I can say about this, if you go down to the FAQ on the official Atari VCS site, is you at, when you expand what games will be available at launch, the answer you get is. Atari VCS will ship with the Atari Vault of more than 100 arcade and classic games. Additional games and content will be available with details to, the end, to be announced prior to launch. Seeing as that launches next month hypoth- on paper, that seems bad. Yeah, uh, it's real weird. It's definitely really weird. Yep. And... Kind of confusing. I I highly recommend checking out this website just so you can see the as-seen-on things because it runs the gambit from, like, legitimate gaming site to Uncrate. Uncrate. A website that you get a billion dollars, maybe that site's for you, but I don't <laughs> think it's for normal people. Like, I, I don't know about you two, but, like, I can't afford $5,000 scotch that comes in a archaeologically correct human skull. I want to own that, and I love that people are taking pictures of that so I can go, yeah, if I was a Bond villain, I'd buy that bullshit with my obvious wealth, but what is this thing for? Who is this thing for? Yeah. I'm not sure how much you guys dug into this, but I really enjoy the fact that it's positioning itself as, like, going up against the PS5. Like, they've actually been out there saying the other major release in November. Not that Microsoft thing, but the Atari VCS, baby! Hold what the... uh, Yeah, Aldo. Why? Why this thing comes in any color but Walnut is a travesty. (laughs) But, anyways... It should be delivered by your uncle that goes, Hey, do you remember the 80s? Huh? Huh? Not even 70s at that point, technically. Oh, Atari. PS5? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Alright, so uh, in our march towards new consoles, we get the occasional kind of look under the hood. Uh, we've had an ongoing controversy about the PS5 UI that's just not worth going into because it's silly and none of us have touched a PS5 UI, so we can't comment on this, but there is a undeniably kind of cool feature for those of us that can only own a PS4 Pro, which is that the PS5 is going to kind of have a um, adaptive cooling system based on kind of game data and individual games, meaning unlike the PS4 Pro, which runs like a goddamn speedboat engine regardless of what it's up to, because apparently it runs hot and problematically, 
this thing will at least hopefully kind of try and match its cooling needs to, well, you know, the game you're playing, which will hopefully cut down on some sound and all that stuff and wear and tear on the console. That's neat. Yep. Yeah, if you're the, that's the thing is your fan stops running, your co- console will catch fire. Feature, it not just a bug. will. <laughs> yeah. One of my Destiny clan like sits a little too close to their PS4, and you can just hear that thing as we get into a raid. Where it just it's like <laughs> in the background. You're like, fuck! You live near an airport or something? It sounds like something legit is taking off next to him, and you're just like, what the fuck, man? Get a bigger place. Or, like, don't sit with your PS4 against your body. <laughs> yeah. Where to from, where to from here? Um, follow up on last week's uh, image and or favorite probably topic of the week for most of us. Uh, they have nerfed Steve's victory pose. Womp womp. Yep. Yep. They have nerfed his meat. What? Truly original joke there, Alex. The most original joke on the internet right now. Would one say they have beaten Steve's meat? Ah! Yes, I, I feel bad I get saying it. that. Because the euphemism for, for things. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about nerfs. Let's talk about Bungie, specifically Destiny 2 aimbots. So, uh, Anyone who's ever played a even semi-competitive FPS on a console has encountered an aimbot, not a console, a PC, has encountered an aimbot at least probably at some point in their life. Maybe you realized it, maybe you didn't. Um, courtesy of modes like Trials and Comp, Destiny's had a real aimbotting and general cheating problem on PC. Mm. Like, so much so, us console peasants look at the PC version and they're like, it's so much better, and then we go aimbots, and they go, oh yeah, but, okay, yeah, but, uh, and I think a lot of people like tried to act like it wasn't a problem inside PVE, and it's like it's like it's it was just a PVP problem. Apparently not. Like there's been some raid legitimacy and called into kind of question about whether or not it was indeed mm. valid, because apparently aimbots are being used there, and that sentence seems insane to me. But whatever at that point. But in a maybe bold's the wrong phrase, but like correct move. Bungie has not put a cease and desist on a aimbotting site, but, like, straight up sued their asses. Yep. And that is yeah, not a fantastic... They, well, they, well, they sent, well, they sent a cease and desist, yeah. and then, like, the site was like, um, this is a much larger company than us. Yeah. Let's just, let's just say, yeah, take this off our storefront. Yeah, I think even, like, legal protection got, like, threatened as part of it, so that might be the extra force behind it. But yes, uh, if you're looking for something fantastic, go track down some Destiny YouTuber videos of them reading the salty comments about this. Like, it's... uh, It is just kind of magical, some of the dissonance on some people's parts. Like, I think my favorite sentences are, I was just starting to finally get good at Destiny, and I'm sitting there going, you were using an aimbot. You're literally not. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, um, because I can. I mean, I can tell. Like I've mentioned before, it's like the easiest way for me to tell that somebody's using an aimbot. They're getting insane shots from distance. When you get near them, you just melt them. Yeah, really easily. That's usually 
for me anyway, makes it pretty obvious that they were using a name bot and don't actually know how to play the game. Uh, yeah, no, and there's lots of really fun videos out there of like weird things people encounter and specifically trials where it's like people flying across maps, infinite supers, unlimited health, like shots that like, she's like, no, that's impossible. That's like in the how destiny reads detection. Like you only could do that if you had a perfect shot. Like it's beyond human comprehension to get. Yeah. Yeah. It's real fun that way. But yeah, um, fuck off, Destiny cheaters and aimbot users. Learn to play. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> this will not make trials any more fun for most of us, but it may make trials a little bit more fun for some people. Regardless, uh, moving on from that, uh, let's talk about Ubisoft for a second. They are merging the Uplay and Ubisoft club system into Ubisoft Connect. Um, if you were a user of the Ubisoft Rewards thing, they've released, I guess, like thousands, up to a thousand. I'm not quite sure how the exact number works of various rewards you could get via UPET play points. So go enjoy that while you can. If you're a steep user, that means you have access to a bunch of real stupid helmets all of a sudden. So <laughs> enjoy. Uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure why they're doing this. It kind of makes sense. They had kind of this weird multifaceted thing out there that existed it was just time to start merging stuff together at this point mm. yeah just the thing they're doing apparently yeah makes sense it was weird to have two different things anyway I still don't get why you play exists but that's beyond the point at this point because <laughs> I think like only Alex you don't even want to technically buy directly from you play like I has anyone ever actually bought a game directly from you play Negative, at least on my part. Nope. Yeah, I like. Why would you do that? Even like, I get it. It's like, oh, it's it's maybe cheaper, but never really. Like, fuck, I have to log into it to buy play a game off Steam or Epic. Though, so it's like, but why does this exist? I think I might have bought a game that was like really cheap. I think it was either Assassin's Creed Chronicles China. Or it might have been Discovery Tour Maybe. that were really cheap. I don't remember. I think it did buy one of those directly from Uplay, but I know I cashed in on some of the free stuff they were doing once or twice, but yeah, I got no clue. But yes, that's Ubisoft Connect. Welcome. Keeping our eyes on you still, Ubisoft. Let's do some... Where to go from here? Ah... Let's talk about some charities for a quick second. So, you're kind of up on this one. I'm mean, not charities, but preservation groups. Um, first off, we got a non-profit organization called Hit Save. Its whole mission is to preserve video game history, a topic we all view as near and dear, given just how batshit insane the history of video game preservation is at this point. Right. Yeah. There's so much of it that's... Kind of like old films that were lost to, you know, celluloid, either just just falling apart because it just does, or fires, or, you know, however, destruction. Video games are, you know, seeing a similar fate. I mean, we've, uh, we've talked about multiple times about the number of Flash games that, you know, could easily be lost. And, yeah, I think it'll be... Yeah, I think it'll be very interesting because they're also looking at sort of scanning physical printed media, which there's a lot of uh, 
back in the day, back in the 80s, they used to call that, when it came with usually PC games, feelies. A lot of physical things that came along with the game. Uh, That's obviously not the word for it anymore, but a lot of those feelies have been lost to time. Yeah. I mean, things like like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy came with a lot of kind of interesting things. And also, I think even like keeping track of the old ways that they used to have for anti-piracy measures, such as having a special kind of card, code card included with the game, where to play the game, you had to answer some questions or put in a special code and it gave you a prompt. So I, there's, there's, I think that, yeah, I think I kind of like that, that it's not just focusing on the games themselves, but on what came with them on physical printed media. I mean, I've already seen some sites trying to scan in old instruction booklets for older games. And I think, yeah, there again, it's like, we don't have digital versions of that stuff and they're just printed on paper and acid based paper, which practically everything is these days rots really fast. Yeah, in my perspective, anything that kind of brings more of the crazy stories of, like, the Castlevania code being on a flash drive, not a flash drive, a floppy disk drive, nestled in a ceiling container, like, those are just the stories and also the content I want preserved. Like, the st- I think it's a lot of Japanese companies were notorious for just kind of how much of that stuff they threw out in the early days for whatever reason. Like, that, that have led to some fascinating kind of hilarious stories, but also it's a damn shame that a lot of that stuff is lost. Yeah. I mean, some of the older consoles, the programming for those is incredibly clever. For them yeah. to get what they could out of, like, 8-bit, like, I, I, they did some pretty imaginative and extraordinary things with the programming that it's like some of it's just kind of lost to time for different reasons. Yeah. So, yeah. On that same note, I guess we can move on to the other one, yep. which is the Video Game Source Project, talking specifically about that source source code. Yeah, kind of the same mission, which is to catalog and preserve the... So you can probably speak to this more, having actually you know developed the video game and stuff, but uh, what we see as consumers is a several times removed, in some instances, version of what that actual game is. Like, obviously, if you're on a Xbox, you're not, like, they're not developing on an Xbox, they're developing on a PC, and then converting said code through a variety of systems to work on said Xbox. But so the idea of this, there's really a source code to all video games, and a lot of preservation is based around that source code. Once you can crack or replicate that code, you can do some cool-ass shit with video games frequently. For example, quite a while ago, it released all of the all of the source code for Wolfenstein 3D, the original game that came out in the early 90s. Which and that is some, it's all in C C language, and it is some fascinating code. It is brilliant, like really really clever code. How they got that to work, it's it's kind of mind boggling. There again, it's like the early days of programming, way more difficult. So, yeah, so the source code is an essential part, not just having the executable, the finished product, is, is not all there is. The, you, for those, a quick primer on how software is made, 
you write program code, which is if you know anything like if you've looked at HTML, that's a form of program code. Well, essentially, you take that code, you send it through another piece of software that mashes it all together and gives you your executable, and then your executable is what runs. And so it goes through a few processes, and the source code is where it all begins. And preserving that, I think, is essential to preserving the legacy of video games. I mean, I think now it's kind of undeniable that video games are an important part of our culture. They've, you know, a definite part of our culture. Importance, you know, that's up for debate, obviously, but it's a nobody can say it's not a part of our culture as human culture across the world. So, yeah, I, I like seeing more and more of these projects because it's also a greater realization that video games are a part of history, that they that they are a medium for art. Not every game is art, but video games are as a medium. A video game definitely can be art. Like, not every movie is art, but there are movies that are art as a medium. Fast and Furious mm-hmm. franchise, perpetually proving movies are not all art. Yeah. But in any case, yeah, I like to see that there's more recognition, you know, that, yeah, video games are a part of us. You know, like it or not, it can't be denied. I like television as well. I mean, there's, you know, there's projects to preserve old television, old movies, and things like that. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's really worthy projects. Yeah. Yeah, oh, by the, oh, to the Video Game Source Project is being done by the Video Game History Foundation. So we've that's... talked about before. Yes, I believe we have too. Yeah, keeping with the charity or I guess kind of non-traditional organizations in the video game industry. Let's talk about uh, Stream Z event. Yeah, charity Stream Z event. Sorry, um, they raised six point seven million for Amnesty International. What is Z event, Henry? So it's just kind of like a GDQ, except this one's specifically for French streamers. Gotcha. So so they do a marathon gaming session, much like a GDQ or the ESA, which is a ESA being based in Europe. And oh, sorry, they're on yeah. Z event. Yeah. Gotcha. So Z event. And even the president recognized it in a tweet. So the press, or sorry, the president of France. Gotcha. I'm like the U.S. one because that doesn't seem no, on no, brand. No, no, no. The French French president uh, Macron actually mentioned them in a tweet. That's cool. And uh, yeah, that's kind of awesome. So I mean, that's a lot of money. Six point seven million is a lot of money. That's that's brilliant. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a lot of popular French streamers. I've Probably, I know one or two of them that have streamed in English before, but most of them I wouldn't be watching because I don't speak French. Yeah. But to those in our audience that are French-speaking and are aware of it, I maybe you watched it. I didn't really catch much of it. I watched a little bit of it, but uh, yeah, I was just kind of curious. But yeah. Next up, we got a bit of a blast from the past. Um, 
remember Ragnarok, uh, the sorry publisher Ragnarok, and um, a, a little game known as Rune Two. Yeah. <laughs> you want to give us the quick backstory on this one? Because we all thought this was kind of a fucking weird thing when it happened, and I think we're learning why we thought it was a weird thing when it happened. Alright, so, Human Head is the studio that developed Rune 2. So, Human Head is the name of the studio. Ragnarok is the publisher. Well, Human Head closed very suddenly, and but they didn't tell the publisher which the publisher was totally totally unaware so they they because they not only were going to publish rune but were going to be supporting it with updates and bug fixes and additional content and so far in the saga Ragnarok successfully sued the remnants of human head to get rune 2 source code so they could keep it afloat after yeah. the original developer abandoned it. Well, we got a brand new chapter in this. And, and this is where it's this weird. is where it gets real and yeah. real weird and really interesting. All right, so, so at so at its base level it almost seems like this was maybe a conspiracy to help protect the Bethesda slash Elder Scrolls foothold in that market? Uh, yeah. I... Alright, so uh, Human Head's now owned by ZeniMax, the people that own Bethesda at this point. Or the the new Human Head, I guess, is now kind of part of that family, for lack of a better phrase, correct? Yes. Yeah. And that happened kind of suddenly as part of the Rune 2 debacle. Um... Not quite clear why, but there's a lot of theories around that now. And there's a lawsuit that basically is alleging that this was all a tactical move on ZeniMax slash Bethesda's part to scuttle Rune 2, essentially. Yeah, and so so the kind of questionable parts are that, or the kind of things that are suspicious, or sus, as we say now. <laughs> we do say sus, don't we? But... Yeah, the Zenimax, a human head was acquired by Zenimax. Zenimax bought out human head very, very shortly before Rune 2 was set to be released. So that's... Mm. And then all of a sudden, human head is basically closed and said that, yeah, they're not going to do anything with Rune 2 anymore. Hmm. And so there, so Human Head or Ragnarok is alleging that Bethesda, yeah, ZeniMax bought the studio with the express intent of trying to destroy Rune Two before it before it was released. Because they and this is where the all right, so this is where the conspiracy part comes in. Where this this is this will be harder to prove is that. They did it so that Rune 2 wouldn't compete with Elder Scrolls franchise. Which is real, yeah, that's really weird. So this is where it gets weirder for me, because like, in light of recent events like the Microsoft purchase of Bethesda, or of ZeniMax, this still seems out like kind of outlandish and far-fetched, but 
it feels more plausible as a result of that. And it shouldn't, because that's still an insane sentence to say out loud, but, like, if you were ZeniMax and you were looking to get maybe acquired by a large company like uh, Microsoft or Sony or something like that, the idea of kind of having a stranglehold on a certain genre of video game that's unbelievably popular and, like, you've managed to kind of make your own and no one else can compete in it, hypothetically, that's a real selling point, potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, who knows? And that's the thing, like, Ragnarok is calling for a lot of damages because they were paying Human Head. Yeah. So Ragnarok, the publisher, was paying Human Head to develop this game, and now they believe that Human Head had no... De- were not were had no plans on actually finishing the game or finish or adhering to the contract that they had signed so that would be breach of contract i mean so there's some pretty big things they're suing for a hundred million dollars and it, it and that's on top of other damages so and they're looking for they're also looking to establish injunctions for yeah against Zenimax Bethesda for anything they do in the future. So hmm this is this is a big one. This is this is this I don't know about what this would do for the industry but as far as in this case in the narrow sense I'm pretty interested in to see which way this goes i'm looking like, forward fall- i'm looking forward to rune 3 uh published and developed by uh, sony as a response to xbox owning <laughs> the bethesda franchise titled <laughs> rune 3 fuck you microsoft we also bought a medieval game fuck you <laughs> yeah it's real weird yeah this is this i definitely didn't see the Bethesda and Zenimax being pulled into I, this. I did not foresee that. I, that's definitely an interesting interesting turn here. I'm cut now I'm definitely glad that we've been following this weird storyline all along. Well, it almost makes me was, wonder of how frequently this happens because like if you take a step back and go, man, wouldn't it make a lot of sense for a company like Bethesda that has this franchise that like it's unbelievably popular but it's always kind of been in this weird situation where no one's competed with it in a major way, and you then yeah, look as far at- as western western medieval style or you know whatever uh, fantasy you know high fantasy RPGs western style right. Well, and, that's and, kind of that's kind of the main thing in the game. I can't really think of much else that's on that scale yeah. that is a western style high fantasy setting and if you, if you take kind of a long look and like and this one's ability kind of just me this is kind of definitely kind of a sideways through three keyholes and some other stuff if you look at the success of um the outer worlds which for all purposes is someone making the equivalent of a fallout game without it being a fallout game like it's mm-hmm. it's obsidian doing what obsidian does and doing a hell of a good job. Like, I, I think, like, at, at base level, if you're Bethesda, you start going, shit, we have to find a way to make sure this never happens again. Because now, like, there's a real competitor out there for this thing that 
fucking prints money for us and coming off of like Fallout 4 and Fallout 76 like depending on how cynical you want to be like the last good Fallout game from Bethesda was New Vegas people like 4 but I don't think 4 has the same kind of fanfare that 3 or New Vegas has really so you have kind of two successful but maybe not like fuck yeah we own this town level iterations in a franchise and you have someone come out there with something new which is a totally new ip and kind of steals your lunch and runs off with it and new vegas was obsidian yeah no yeah like arguably the best modern fallout game was made by obsidian yeah i i think if you're bethesda you start looking at it going okay cool maybe we can't compete on the fallout topic anymore but damn if we can't lock down this medieval bullshit yep you know, medieval, high fantasy. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm really curious what's going to happen like, with the next Bethesda game, or the next Elder Scrolls game we get, because I, I don't know. I, I really don't think that that style of game appeals to people in the same way it used to. Like, I, hmm. Yeah, I know. Skyrim got poured onto a billion consoles, and that's definitely proof of that game being successful in a variety of other things. But I feel like from a consuming standpoint, we've moved on slightly. Like, I just don't think you can make that game the way it's been made as often, like the way it has been up till this point. I think the combat finally may have caught up with that franchise. Like, Outer Wilds get away with it because it's still FPS kind of shooty combat primarily. But I, I don't know. Like, I, I really think there's gonna be a conversation, or there needs to be a conversation about like hey, we have this MMO version of Elder Scrolls that does really well and has a slightly different, but, like, it's okay because it's an MMO-style combat. Do you have to actually finally make combat in Elder Scrolls feel better for a single-player game? Because I sure as hell think mm-hmm. you do. Maybe I'm kind of alone on that one. I, I, In a weird way, I think it has to do how Cyberpunk does. Because if that game manages to kind of actually nail first-person melee combat in, like, even just a serviceable way... That's better than how Elder Scrolls has done it up till this point. That puts you in a real weird conversation, potentially. Where it's like, yo, we've been doing this game for a while, and it still feels like garbage to do a melee fight. Hmm. But all these mods fix it. Yeah, I'd fuck off with that still. Yeah. Moving on! We've talked about this in the past. There's definitely some kind of ex-Blizzarding going on. This, I think, is my favorite one out there. We'd like to announce Frost Giant Games, or sorry, Frost Giant Studios. Uh, yet another studio founded by ex-Blizzard devs. They've landed $4.7 million for their new studio. Um, they appear to be going after the RTS market. So we have one competitor with Blizzard doing an MMO, probably, and we have another one now doing RTSs. Um mm. I look forward to next month where we'll find ourselves talking about someone making an Overwatch clone that's from former Blizzard. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is, yeah, this is from people who had worked on StarCraft and Warcraft. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, we know where they're headed. Yep. I love the fact they're called Frost Giant. Just making it real, real obvious kind of where they came from, so... <laughs> Hello, we'd yeah. like to form a new studio, Winter Storm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, uh, we look forward to hearing more from Frost Giant, I guess. I don't know. It's 
it's real cool we're getting competitors out there with Blizzard. I also like want to see what the fuck they make because mm-hmm. they could make a totally serviceable batch of indie games and be kind of shitty to be like, why isn't this Warcraft 3? And I'd be like, no, they're perfectly fine indie games. It's not Warcraft 4. God, wouldn't that be cool if we got Warcraft 4 indirectly out of this? Like, a bullshitty, like, not directly referenced, but, like, just call it something similar where it's, like, Battle Boat 4, even though there's no Battle Boat 1 through 3, and just be like, yeah, it features the conflict between the humans and the cork. Definitely not orcs. Yeah. The cork are blue, where the orcs are green. Ah, last but not least this week we have just some I think it's hilarious because Canadians are involved and I'd never expect this behavior from Canadians for whatever reason but we have some just fantastic EA news about loot boxes Uh, in short a group of Canadian consumers are busy suing EA because they believe strongly that you know that whole loot box system they're doing constitutes an, un- an unlicensed gaming system, a.k.a. illegal gambling. Yep. Because it is. Loot boxes just are. Yeah. They just are. Yep. I don't think, like, unless the loot boxes are sort of free, which some games just have kind of free loot boxes, like, I would argue that sort of like, uh, well, like the it, it Destiny Two, basically, be, because of the way the sort of loot system works, is like you just play the game and you just have loads and loads of stuff yeah. thrown at you, and there's no way of knowing which one you're going to get. But that's free. You don't have. You can, and it doesn't. And they don't really sell them. You know, they don't really sell a loot box, anything that you would call a real loot box. Whereas in, uh, yeah, the other game that I play, uh, you know, the game that I, you know, the MMO that I actually play, Terra, does have loot boxes. But they're not, they uh, they, they don't really give you anything that gives you a performance enhancement. But yeah. in any case, that's still loot box. Yeah, yeah so uh, one of the more of note aspects of this is then this kind of noted by legal blog, the patch notes, which a cool name for a legal blog, honestly, it specializes in video games. So they point make a point of uh, pointing out that unlike a lot of kind of class action lawsuits that are kind of slapped together, this one is being brought forward by a well-pled kind of claim department. Like This is a real legal team that has specialization in this type of proceedings mm. coming at this as opposed to kind of like, Slippin' Jimmy! Lawsuit extraordinaire! We'll get you your money! Yes, that was a better call Saul reference for those who picked up on it. Yeah, this is more organized and more official than these types of proceedings often are, which, yeah, no, I, if this, this could be another kind of nail in the coffin of that whole system, which I don't think I would object to at this point, unlike the Atari VCS. But yeah, that's it for news this week. We got some emails. Got a lot of emails oh. this week, actually. If you wanted to contact us with an email, Alex, how would you go about doing that? Uh, if you wanted to contact us through uh, email, you would simply pull up a mail client of your choosing, and you would put in wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. And that's wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Spells it sounds down the show notes, etc. etc. 
We're not doing our dance because we got like six emails to get through this week, which is awesome, but they take time. Uh, All right. Yeah. First email comes in. How did no one mention that the voice actor for Iroh is the narrator for Ghost of Tsushima Legends? That's like half the damn reason to play Legends mode. You mean the second voice actor yes. for Iroh, of yes. course. Yes, that, that is the correction to this email. Yeah, I. it sounds like him. I, I went back and checked on this. Yeah, it sounds like him. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I didn't know that until after we did the podcast last week. I somehow managed to miss that. I'd have definitely mentioned that if I had known. <laughs> yes, thank you for writing in with that, Anonymous. Uh, where to next? We'll address the quick one that uh, was aimed directly at me. We had a couple that were aimed at me this week. Uh, hey, Wicked Awesome cast. Not to put Charlie on blast, but did he realize Beyond Light and Valhalla come out on the same day? Looking forward to how tired he's going to be to sound after cramming two games into one week. Is he <laughs> going to do something really sick like playing one game while the other one is downloading? Yeah, I had no fucking clue Valhalla and New Light came out on the same day until this came in. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, no, it's going to be a week. I suspect I'll probably spend more time on Beyond Light because I have a clan to take care of, but that feels like both a really bad choice on maybe Ubisoft's part, but also I don't think the Assassin's Creed crowd and Bungie le- uh, Destiny overlap that much. What the fuck do I know? Yes, I had no idea going into that one. Next up, this comes from Lindsay in New Brunswick. The Wicked Awesome cast. Last week, an egregious error was made on your podcast on the topic of roller derby's legitimacy. Henry is correct that old school roller derby for periods like the 70s and 80s were indeed scripted and was much more akin to wrestling, but he was wrong in stating that the modern roller derby is scripted. Parts of it indeed are, but the actual skating part is very real and consequently potentially very dangerous. My ex used to. I did. I did actually say that. I, I did not know that. Yeah. Just really. I did actually mention that. That like, yeah, straight up. Yeah, it's also very dangerous. Much like professional wrestling, it's not to be done by amateurs, and there are lots of it that is real. Yeah. My ex used to skate for the Fog City Rollers, and trust me, there was nothing, even remotely scripted about the bouts. A lot of the uh, skate antics, depending on the a lot of the. Sorry, off, the off-skate antics, depending on the league and team, are often more semi-planned, but the actual skating is hitting and all too real. Yeah, it's it's a rough sport. Yes. It's really rough. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I talked about the scripting. It's it's once you get in there and you're on the skates, it's hardcore. Like there, there's people running into each other very, very hard. On skates, which just being on skates is difficult enough. Like that alone actually has a level of danger to it. And then you add to it, and we're just going to shove each other around. You know, it becomes ice hockey, except they're not wearing pads here. Or some <laughs> pads, but not as much pads. Yeah, no, very, very low amount of pads. They're not. They're not. They're they're not even close to what you would wear for hockey. Yeah. So yeah, I do want to throw that in. Yeah, they're not they're they're wearing very, very limited amount of padding compared to ice hockey, and they're basically have about at least the same amount of kind of similar amount of physicality 
as ice hockey. Yeah. So, ouch. Yeah. This one, next one comes in for Naomi from, not for Naomi, from Naomi. Hey, Wicked Awesome cast. So I suspect this is already a known thing to at least one of you, but how do you feel about the rumors that Miley Cyrus is doing a Metallica cover album? I've also heard it might be a tribute album, but I suspect the distinction doesn't matter. Thoughts on this? Slash not sure if you three can see each other when you record, but how upset is Troy looking at this news? (laughs) Fuck it, whatever. I'm perfectly fine with it. I've liked every cover I've heard her do of every song. She's an excellent, excellent singer. She actually is a very excellent singer. Once and I get... really want to hear her voice. Like she has a very, very specific voice. The way it sounds, like the voice quality, the timbre is is very unique. And you know what? I think she could sing rock really well. I'd like to hear that. Actually, I think it'd be very cool. Yeah, my reaction is like... no more complicated than pick the right Metallica songs. Yeah, just don't do No Leaf Clover. <laughs> Just stay away from No Leaf Clover, please. <laughs> but, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, yeah, I'd be very interested in hearing her voice on a lot of those songs because she, she has a really excellent voice. It's very, very unique, very unique. And she has a lot of range, too, so, and she's very good at controlling her voice, like, for, Vocal control sex. Yeah, all yeah. jokes that it could be cool. Like I also, as someone who enjoys when metal bands do terrible covers of pop songs and stuff, this is only fair turn at this point. I also suspect <laughs> that like maybe Miss Cyrus will treat the songs with a little bit more reverence than Children of Bodom does when they cover a Britney Spears song. So, I, yeah, yeah, it's, I suspect it will be good at least, whether or not it's for me. Like fucking Pat Boone's No More Mister Nice Guy metal album out there exists and is the thing I've heard and it did make my ears bleed but like <laughs> it's also fucking Pat Boone so fuck that guy yeah yeah yes thank you for writing in with that it almost was like a thing you would come up with Alex where it's like what if we play it's like what if Metallica but performed by it was like a U level meme or something <laughs> What if we just had a bunch of bands that weren't pop performed by a pop singer? Well, if it was Miley Cyrus, I like Miley Cyrus, so. I have no strong opinions on her one way or the other. She's that wrecking ball person, right? Yeah, but like, so I don't know if you're a fan of some like older country stuff, but like she does a really, really amazing cover of Jolene. Oh, that's a really good cover. Yes. Yeah. Like, when you get yes. past all the pop Super good. and all the crazy stuff that she does with that, I mean, even then, that's her brand. That's what she does. It's fine. Not call, calling it crazy is mean on my part, but, like, when you listen to her actual, like, when she does, like, legit non-poppy singing and goes for that country vibe, her cover of Jolene is amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah. For anybody out there, if you haven't, like, don't don't judge her solely based off of like, you know, Wrecking Ball. But like, you have I, even though she sounds good in Wrecking Ball, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I, yeah. I I have the added that layer of I have no context of who she is as a performer. I'm like, my brain goes, she's the Hannah Montana person, right? Like, yes, <laughs> she's the Hannah Montana person. But yeah, like her, 
like Jolene's a good cover. Malibu's a great song. Uh, there are a few others, but like she does this one backyard album thing where she plays with a few people, I think, uh, just in like some backyard setting a long time ago. And she does some great, like great performance in that. So um, if you haven't checked it out before, anybody listening, definitely check it out, uh, especially that the backyard cover series she does of Jolene is phenomenal. We get to normally hear from Alex's musical preference on this podcast. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah, it was uh that cover was uh 2012 when she did it, so huh. a while ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate that sentence that 2012 was a while ago at this point. <laughs> oh kill me a little bit. Alright. Next email comes in from Aiden in Brampton. Dear Wicked Awesome Cast, I suspect the representative Alexandria. I'm going to butcher her name, and I feel terrible about this. I always call her AOC. How do you pronounce her middle hyphen name, Alec, or Henry? Ocasio. Is it AOC? Ocasio. Ocasio-Cortez. Historic Twitch stream may have been covered in the news this week. Yes, I appreciate putting news in quotations by you three. So if the email is retreading earlier conversations, sorry about that. If you three did indeed talk about this. I don't think we actually talked I think about it. I think we actually forgot it was on the no. list, so actually this is very timely. No. Yeah. 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 Um, no, there's think... more. Let me finish. I okay, suspect you focused on what happened, uh, on what happened, uh, the numbers, the fact that uh, it was among us and whatnot, but if, uh, if I'm not sure if you were following the weird news reaction events the day after, obviously the gaming uh, sites covered this as well, but I was surprised by how many traditional, again, quotation marks on that, I appreciate News sites were brought uh, brought uh, brought this event up. I believe I've heard at least one of you make jokes about how AOC had to explain what a Twitch was in some to some of her colleagues at one point. So <laughs> yep. I suspect yeah, you thought um, yeah that some of you thought the larger impact was that um, at some point. So I suspect you had some thoughts on the larger impact that this potentially might have. Again, Aiden Brampton. Uh, Did we totally I mean, forget to cover this. <laughs> We yeah, yeah, no, we do, but I think it's fine that yeah. we can cover it now. I think, yeah. I mean, I I watched it. So did I. So I watched it uh, from the point of view of H Bomber guy, who's a content creator on YouTube, a leftist mm-hmm. uh, content creator, and he was a part of it. But the person that actually organized it all was a Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah, it started with Pokemon and Hassan Piker. Those yeah. two kind of coordinated the whole thing together. Um, it, it really was Pokimane more than anybody as far as like what they said on stream. But mm. so, but yeah, so yeah, it included AOC, had Ilhan Omar, who's another kind of part of the squad, who's another, I guess, maybe somewhat less famous than, than AOC, but also very in line with her mm-hmm. and associated with her a lot in American politics. And but also a lot of other like a lot of other kind of well known streamers and content YouTube content creators like Jack Septiguy was in the, on it. Gus Johnson, and Toast, uh, disguised Toast. Oh, is it disguised Toast? Or I thought it was. Yeah, it's disguised Toast, right? He's on Facebook Gaming now. Yeah, yeah, because he was on Mixer for a while. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And 
uh, yeah, so it was a kind of mixture of sort of obviously leftist political leftist streamers and politicians, and then just popular streamers in general. And the yeah, kind of made a perfect storm of a lot of people are going to watch this. But yeah, I, I was actually kind of kind of mentioned this before recording, but yeah, the I think it means a lot for how different the generations are when it comes to what we think of as normal and media and things like that. I mean, where we have a representative in our government and our national as a part of our federal government, our national representative in government, two of them playing a video game on Twitch. So not just for like video games as a part of kind of a, a part of our culture, but also Twitch being a thing that most people like, I'd say 50 and under at this point, are probably aware of. I wasn't aware Definitely. it was happening until after the fact. My God, school they did that. I think it was on like one of the nights I do tabletop stuff, so I yeah, completely spaced on it happening. But I'm like, yeah, I, it's so actually, I came at this from a weird end where I got the fallout of various, like, my news crawlers were, like, reporting this, and I'm like, why the fuck is it in this news crawler? Like, this shouldn't be here. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> I guess this happened. Like, I, it was very funny seeing, like, NBC being like, this happened. I'm like, this has never shown up in this category of my new stuff before, ever. Huh, okay. And now NBC is going to have to explain what a Twitch is. I ex- NBC's explanation of what a Twitch was was pretty good, too. It was like, oh, it was, yeah. it was like online streaming platform, the Twitch. And I'm like, yes, that is the correct way to introduce it. The Twitch, go on. <laughs> oh, like it was yeah. the most like matter of fact we're not totally sure what twitch is where it's like it's like aoc broke records of like four it was like what's like almost four hundred thousand or over four hundred thousand like subsequent views yeah. at the same time or and something. that's just on her page yeah. if you start to combine like uh all the other streamers and everything it could be a lot higher but i don't think they aggregated those numbers uh yeah, that's just on hers yeah. So yeah. yeah, I mean, like, you know, you know that Pokimane is a wildly popular streamer. Like, we we know this. Um, Hassan has a pretty big audience, not nearly like hers. Jacksepticeye is a majorly popular str- uh, streamer. So is Disguised Toast. I I I I'd have to kind of I don't remember. I it it, it happened though. It happened just not long ago. I I don't actually remember everybody that was involved. Let me actually open up a link and check out some more people. Um, oh, yeah, Dr. Lupo, who's a major streamer, was on there. That's right, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I just really enjoyed reading on like a non-gaming news site the phrase, oh, yeah, records broken on the Twitch, and I'm like, everything about this is amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, Corpse is on there, who has the un- unbelievably low voice. Yes! Uh, Vol- <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh man, that dude has the lowest bass voice I've ever heard come out from a person. Uh Valkyrie, Myth. Yeah, so I mean this is this is some seriously well known, super popular streamers. So, so I'd say probably Pokemon's the most of all all of them. And but yeah, she was also the one that organized it, so yeah, kudos to her. But yeah, I mean I think this there again, it says a, a lot about where we've come as a sort of world society 
when it comes to video games being just this weird thing that some people do down at the arcade to the thing that nerds do in their home to our representatives in Congress, in our government, or national government, federal government, are playing this game on Twitch. So... Yeah, yeah. Uh I think oh yeah, I think uh I think it was over six hundred thousand adding in some of the other people um the other some of the other streamers. That's pretty good. That's a lot. That's a lot. But yeah, that's <laughs> And it's and there again, I I like I kind of like Among Us, even though I don't have it and I haven't played it, though I I'm thinking about picking it up. I got nothing it's, against the game. Like I, and I, I know it it's, comes it's off not, it's like not, the game. I think it's a cool game. It's, it's not expensive. Yeah, it's not expensive at all. Um, I oh man, we should do a game sometime. I think it'd be kind of cool. But, I will play from my uh, phone. That's is my way. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I just seeing the way people kind of their personalities come out, and you know who's yeah. I don't know. It's it was, I, I think it was kind of funny. I think the best thing I saw was the memes of AOC being flanked by two of the killers that she put up, where it was like it was an image of like both the imposters were right next to her, and she's like, "Sometimes it is the people closest to you." I'm like, "Oh, that's the imposter experience." Huh. I do crazy. think it's cool that they brought up just voting in general, yeah. like they're uh, like as just vote, yeah. Be involved in the civic process. No, and I gotta give Even it points if, for that too, where it wasn't necessarily trying to push one thing or another. It was just go fucking vote already, please, for the love of God, get involved. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't make any real mentions of any sort of endorsements. You know what her endorsements yeah. are, obviously, for AOC and the leftists in the group. But in general, they're just like, go vote. There's still plenty of time to vote. Go vote because unlike other countries. We have a abysmal turnout for voting as far as our population of our our voting age population. Our turnout is abysmal, really terrible every year. Like, you know, Australia makes it mandatory, but you're also automatically signed up, registered to vote. And but yeah, they have like in the 90 percentile and a lot of countries have like 80 to 90 percent. And ours is more like. Shitty. 50, 60 percent at the highest. Sometimes they're in the low 40 percent, which is really terrible when it comes to. Yeah. There's I think there's part of it is. Yeah, I'm all I don't want to belabor this point, but there's a lot more on the ballot than candidates. There are what's called ballot measures and ballot measures basically become law. They're laws that people get to vote on. And those will affect you in your neighborhood because those ballot measures are state by state. And if you want to have a say in what happens in your neighborhood to you, then you should probably vote. You could Because you don't have to actually fill in all of it. You can leave large parts of it blank and only vote on the stuff that you're worried about. But if you want to actually have a say in what happens to you personally, then vote. Get on a ballot and vote. Because there's there's a lot on there that has nothing to do with a candidate yeah. or a position. Voting is important. Last email? Sure. All right, this is a personal attack on me that comes in from Liam. I greatly appreciate this one, Liam. 
Dear Charlie of Wicked Awesome Cast, and I, I'm reading this verbatim, I'm not making any of this shit up. You get your Destiny Collector's Edition yet, bitch? You enjoy your... <laughs> You enjoying your fancy space lunchbox? Question mark. I bet you ordered it without even looking at what was inside of it, you predictable fuck. I know you got one, you you uh, you shill-ass fucker. Looking forward to be on like coverage, and even if you don't play Destiny, since it's almost impossible... Even if, even if I don't play Destiny, since it's almost impossible, it will require another Mordak Explains insane Destiny lore moments that just make you sound like a crazy person. P.S. You're also a predictable fucker for getting that Viking game. <laughs> you got me, Liam. You got me. And yes, I did. It's sitting in decontamination right now. <laughs> and yes, I will enjoy my space lunchbox. Fuck you, motherfucker. That does it for emails this week. Uh, thank you for writing it in such force this week. I appreciate the personal attacks against me. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> They make me laugh in these dark times. But, yeah, again, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Send them in, etc., etc. Down the show notes. Um, that does it for this week, I think. Um, sounds like you have a stream upcoming, Henry. Alex, it sounds like you're getting back into that saddle. Uh, anything you want to pimp before we get out of here? Yeah, so now I'm cracking zero, that's Z-E-R-0, spelled Z-E-R-0, on all platforms. That includes Twitch. I finally fit, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the stream, I finally switched my uh, username over, and now I'm cracking zero on Twitch, as well as on Instagram and Facebook. And when I am streaming, I will be announcing it on Instagram and Facebook, and this week, I'm going to try to stream every night, because this is Halloween week. and I want to play lots of spooky games, and I will also be in costume. As people may or may not know that follow us, I also make costumes. I make a lot of costumes. I have several, like, ready ready to go. Like, among my costumes that I'll definitely be bringing out are my costume for characters from Supernatural. That would be Dean Winchester. <laughs> which looks an awful lot like just clothes that you would wear in the Northwest, but also includes some cool props. I have a Discord from My Little Pony. I have Doctor Who, multiple costumes for Doctor Who. And, <clears throat> yeah, so I'll be wearing those, and I'll be playing spooky games, and I'll be taking requests as well. So I actually spent some time making a a new Halloween-only layout just for this. So hopefully a few people will tune in, but I'll probably be starting the streams around 6 or 7 Pacific Standard Time. That's on the West Coast here in uh, Los Angeles, where I live. And go until I kind of don't feel like streaming anymore, essentially. But yeah, I'll be playing... Retro games and new games. It'll be a mixture, and I'll be taking requests. And so, yeah, I look forward to doing that. I may act. I may also do maybe a few maker streams as well, where I may work on an additional costume. I'm still kind of considering whether or not I'll do that. But anyways, I if I, when I'm going to be streaming, I will be sending out and on my social media. I'll be saying when I'm going to start streaming. So. 
anybody wants to stop by and say hi, I will be doing my best to pay attention to chat. But, yep, that'll be Kraken Zero on now on Twitch. Or at least <laughs> that username now on Twitch. Alex? Um, so, uh, you can find me in my usual, Mave Online, across all social medias. So that's Twitch, uh, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. I'm hoping to do some more streaming throughout the week. Uh, so, we'll see how that goes. Definitely, uh, I think I'll probably stream Tuesday. Tuesday's usually our heroic sales run, so I'll just stream that for fun. And mm. we can see how often we fail on the fucking heroic mechanic that we should have gotten months ago. Uh, and then tune in Friday when you can watch us fail mechanics that we should have gotten months ago on Mythic difficulty. So, yep. Um, I'm hoping to, like I said, do some more. That's time, especially with Extra Life. Got to do my game day at some point. Um, but I'm probably gonna I'm dedicating my extra life game stuff to the WoW week, so that's how I'm gonna kind of approach that. But once I have a release date for WoW, is when I'll actually do my week long stream for WoW and Extra Life. So, fair enough. As soon as I have a date for release, then I will have a date for my event. Yeah. Um, for me, probably the next live stream I'll be doing is Morally Dangerous. I have a friend that recently picked up the game because he's also a space sim nerd, and I'll probably be teaching him the ropes of that, at least helping him with some high-level panite grinding just to get the the good ships, if you will, and get him through that. So it will probably be more of the same for that, of, but me less by myself going insane slowly on live. But yeah, don't expect much from me in the pushing category in the near future. It's... Probably not much till Beyond Light drops, and then it will be a mix of Beyond Light and maybe Valhalla, but I also don't know if I want to stream Valhalla, because I kind of want to actually enjoy that game, and at least with Destiny, it's, oh, you're grinding, cool, that's a, that's a part of the game for, with Valhalla, it's like, I'm gonna go find some rock stuff to pa- uh, stack, why? Because I want to. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's there was obviously no stream this week, so I had to spend the time trying to fix my... um dishwasher, which is still unfixed, but I may take another run at, and I thought about trying to do a stream of Mordek tries to fix a dishwasher, and kind of glad I didn't, because I did a lot of swearing during it, but also, you've been if you see my normal streams, it's not totally unnatural for the course, but uh, yeah, streaming schedule will be spotty at best until probably we get into November from my end. I'll be on Twitter and all that jazz, yelling about things as I normally do, but beyond that, yeah, nothing... I'm in hibernation mode, I think, at this point. I got a lot of other stuff going on kind of outside of gaming that requires more attention than the gaming stuff does right now, for better or worse. Yeah. I think that does it for this week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to close it out? Cue the metal!